0: Alhamdulillah 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 Wa kafaa Wa salatu Wa salam Alaa Ibadih Al-Nadhi Amma Ba'du Fa'audhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Ar-Rajeeem Bismillah Ar-Rahman Rahim raheem Qul Inna Salati Wa Nusuki Wa Mahyaya Wa Mamati Lillahi Rabbil Aalameen Sadak Allah Most suspected students of the <laughs> Brothers and sisters, it is the grace and fuzzle of Allah Ta'ala that Allah Ta'ala is allowing us to witness once again these Mubarak days, the first ten days of Zul Hijjah, which are very blessed, great virtues have been mentioned regarding these days. So this is one thing that we need to be conscious about, try to take the maximum benefit In the Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is reported to have said that the first ten days of Zulhijjah, in these days, a person who fasts on any day, that is obviously the first up to the ninth, the tenth, there is no permissibility to fast on the tenth, which is the day of Eid. So a person who fasts on any of these nine days, then one fast is equivalent to the fast of one year. So an entire year's ibadat of fasting. And the ibadat of each night is equivalent to the ibadat of Laylatul Qadr. Subhanallah, what great rewards Allah is showering. What great mercy that Allah is blessing us with. That for a little bit of effort, Allah is showering down such great rewards. rahmat e joyad. rahmat e This is a Persian couplet which simply means that the mercy of Allah doesn't wait for a very great amount of work that is done, effort that is done, some very big task that is undertaken, only then the Rahmat will come. Rather, the rahmat of Allah Ta'ala looks for excuses to come. This is what the crux of that couplet is. Allah Ta'ala is waiting to grant us the rewards of the hereafter, the blessings and barakat in this world. But we need to be conscious, we need to be attentive, we need to be focused. And we need to take the benefit of the various moments that Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with. So, in these days, we should be trying to do this, just on this note about Allah Ta'ala's rahmat looks for excuses. One person was a great muhaddith. One day he had dipped his pen into his inkpot those days the reed pens that they used to use, so he dipped it in the ink pot and then he was about to start writing when fly came and sat on that ink that was now at the tip of his pen. So the droplet of ink, fly came and sat on it. So he immediately stopped and he waited. He said, this too is a creature of Allah Ta'ala, it's a makhluk of Allah Ta'ala and it seems thirsty, let it drink, then I will carry on writing. So he stopped and he waited. And then he continued writing. After he passed away, somebody saw him in a dream. They asked him, how did things go with you? So he said, Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala forgave me. So he asked him, on account of what? So he says that this person who saw the dream in the dream is asking him that you must have been forgiven on account of the numerous ahadiths that you had written, thousands of ahadiths. You were a scholar of hadith. Your whole time was engaged in this great knowledge of deen so he replied and said no not that what Allah accepted was that occasion when I held back my pen and I let that fly drink that I was told that you showed mercy on our creature we will show mercy to you as well in other words a special moment of real acceptance came on that amal so we should not take these things lightly Hazrat." Uh, it was the wife of Harun Rashid, actually. Zubaydah, when she passed away, somebody saw her in a dream and they asked her, How did things go with you? So she replied and said, Well, Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala forgave me. So they said, Must be on account of the various charitable works that you did and the great benefit that you passed to people in this regard, like the very famous canal that she dug, Nahre Zubaydah, and for. 60-70 miles from where the source of the water was She brought this water and this canal was dug all the way right up to Makkah So that the people could benefit from the water and for centuries this water flowed So this was a tremendous task and besides this she had done numerous amounts of great work, charitable work And she was a very pious person as well In the dream, this is not something that can be used as a proof to establish anything in deen But say, listen And these kind of dreams have the indications of being true. Allah Ta'ala forgives on whatever account He wishes. So when she was asked, then what what became the means of your forgiveness? You are saying it wasn't this great charitable work that you did, other righteousness, what became the means? So she said once, when the azan commenced, so when the azan was being called out, at that time my head was uncovered. She was inside a house, So it was fine that her head was uncovered. There was no non-mahrams there because to uncover even a single hair in the presence of a non-mahram is uncovering the satar. So that is totally impermissible. It is haram. And one needs to be very, very careful about this. So there was no non-mahram there. So in any case, when the azan went, she immediately she says, out of respect for the Azan, I immediately took my scarf and I covered my hair, covered my head on that act of Adab that act of respect now there are two things here one is respect for the Azan, the other is that she covered her hair though she was alone, but out of respect for the Azan. so how much more this is important that at other times also, especially if there is any situation where any dini aspect, person is reading some dini literature, literature, kitab, etc., to have the hair covered. And though there is some laxity in this, it is not a hard and fast rule, but the better thing is that some light head covering be kept most of the time, all the time if possible, meaning when a person is not... Otherwise, some light head covering which doesn't create any kind of uh, difficulty while a person is busy with the chores in home, etc., the better thing is to keep the head covered. So in any case, this is another subject altogether, but the point is that Zubaydah, she is saying that I did this on this act of adab, that when I heard the azan, I immediately covered my head, on account of that I was forgiven. So, What lesson we learn from this is that not to take anything for granted, don't take anything casually and for granted, we don't know what act might become acceptable in the sight of Allah Ta'ala, there are many things Alhamdulillah we do, but to start off with what is the level of our sincerity in it and the days that we are now presently witnessing and we are coming closer to the day of Qurbani, we are busy in that mood of qurbani, people are purchasing the qurbani animals and making other arrangements. So this entire time is the time of qurbani. And the actual qurbani will take place on the day of Eid from the 10th of Zul Hijjah. The issue is that this qurbani, one of the fundamental lessons it teaches us, قُلْ إِنَّ صَلَاتِي وَنُسُكِي وَمَحْيَايَ وَمَمَاتِي لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ Everything for Allah Ta'ala. اللَّهَ لُحُومُهَا وَلَا وَلَا التَّقْوَىٰ مِنْكُمْ It is neither the flesh of the animal nor the blood of the animal that would reach Allah Ta'ala. It is the taqwa in the heart. And the foundation of that taqwa is ikhlas. Without ikhlas there is no taqwa. So this taqwa that is in the heart, this is the real foundation of ikhlas. Uh, this is the real thing that reaches Allah Ta'ala. And this ikhlas is the lesson that we are being given. So many a times, we do righteous actions, alhamdulillah, but what is the level of our ikhlas in it? Are we totally and completely sincere? Are we aware that this is really done in a way that it will be acceptable in the sight of Allah Ta'ala? This is all something which we need to reflect on. So, when we are not sure whether that amal was accepted because of our deficiencies in it, Because of the mistakes we make in it, because of the degree of our niyat, we know how weak our niyat is. So can we be just complacent and relaxed that, well, I perform my five times salah, I make some tilawat also, I uh, do other good deeds also, so fine, I am, okay, I don't need to do too much, I don't need to take advantage of every opportunity to do something, I am doing my basics is that basics even getting accepted. <laughs> Allah ta'ala speaks in the Qur'an Sharif regarding the Sahaba that they spend in the path of Allah, ta'ala, but on top of that they are fearing at the same time. They are spending doing righteous deeds and they are still fearing. Fearing what? The Mufassirian explain. And As- Aisha, she explains this that they fear that will this get accepted or not. So they are not complacent. They are not feeling very relaxed. I did what I was supposed to do, it's done now. No, they are very concerned. They are giving what they are giving, but they are concerned that it must not be rejected. And we know what is the position of our situation. We do something, we do it with such a weak niyat, and after the action... If somebody just whispered some word of praise in our ears, mashallah, I saw you performing your salah. Mashallah, you perform a very good salah. But that's the end of the ikhlas and everything. Now the pride came in the heart. Whereas, if something was done correctly, Allah Ta'ala knows best how correct it was. But apparently, if it was done correctly, that is something to be making shukr on that, Ya Allah, you enabled me to do the right thing. You enabled me to do it correctly. Had it not been your grace and favor on me, what would I have been able to do? Where would I have been? Allah, it is your favor I am here in the madrasah. Had it not been your favor, I would have been, Allah knows best, I would have been in some environment which is totally a destructive environment, somewhere where every kind of haram is taking place, Allah Ta'ala saved me from that. It is Allah Ta'ala's grace. No achievement of mine. If I was enabled to do something, to start off with, we don't do something on our own strength and ability. Allah Ta'ala makes it possible for us. And Allah Ta'ala enables us to do it. If I was enabled to do something, this was the gift from Allah Ta'ala. Not my achievement. This is not something for me to become proud about. So unfortunately, that is our condition. On the one hand, that our need sometimes is so weak. We do things without that ikhlas that is necessary. And if we do muster some ikhlas in it, then Shaitan comes with somebody's praise. Somebody just, for the sake of encouragement, says a few words to us. So they are saying it out of encouragement, so that we get motivated to go further. But that sometimes carries us away. From where to where we finish off? We start feeling we are something. We are. Uh, we've done some great achievement. No. We are nothing And we have achieved nothing Everything is the grace of Allah ta'ala alone. So this lesson of qurbani The lesson of ikhlas To keep checking our intention Before the action To double check the intention After the action also And make istighfar So one of the lessons of this qurbani is Or rather this Ten days is that we take advantage Of all these opportunities Now the virtue that the ibadat of the night is equal to the ibadat of Laylatul Qadr. We may not be in that position that we can spend the whole night in ibadat, but some portion of the night, some tilawat of the Quran Sharif, some zikr, some tasbihat, duro Sharif, whatever good deeds we can, some nafil namaz, something for half an hour, 20 minutes at night, we get the tawfiq, we wake up tahajjud time, pick some ibadat that time. So, this is some little bit that we can do also, which will, inshallah, count us among those who have made ibadat this night, and get the reward of Laylatul Qadr. If we cannot fast every day, the day's madrasa is free, the weekend will come, the other days, that, if there is a free day, we should try, whatever we can, it's not farz, it's not wajib, but if we can, it's a very great thing, at least the night of Zilhijjah, if we can, again, this is not farz or wajib, if somebody doesn't keep the fast, it's not something that a person uh, should be rebuked on or anybody uh, sort of looks down on the person. It's nafil. But we should try to the best that we can. If somebody can manage it, excellent. So these are things that we should try and take advantage of. Then the special tasbih of these days. Nabi Wasallam, said we should excessively recite tasbih, tahmeen, tahleel and takbir. These four things which all I included in the third kalima, subhanallah, walhamdulillah, ilaha illallah, wallahu akbar. So as much as we can, we should be repeating these things. While walking, we coming to madrasa, we going home, at home, while every now and again, every now and again, occasionally every now and again, this is on the tongue. And as much as possible, the third kalima we are reciting, as much as we can, this is the special tasbih of these days. One is the Basic ma'mulat, our tasbihat, on a daily basis, we try and complete that as well. And then over and above that, as much as we can, our daily ma'mulat, obviously whatever we have been prescribed, if somebody has been given something specific, otherwise we try that at least 50 times each, 100 times all the better, otherwise at least 50 times, la ilaha illallah, 50 times Allah, Allah, 50 times istighfar, the short form of istighfar also, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah. But there is a lot of remorse, a lot of regret in the heart. And feeling that this shower of the forgiveness of Allah Ta'ala, this nur is coming and is washing my heart off. And washing off all the dirt and filth of the sins. And 50 times Durur Sharif, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, with a lot of azmat, a lot of respect, adab, will find tremendous benefit from this. So this daily ma'mulat must get complete in any case. And over and above that in these days, the excessive recitation of the third kalima. So this we will find will bring us that noor and barakat of these Mubarak days. And together with that, to take the lesson of this time. One is the lesson of ikhlas. This is what we get from the aspect of qurbani, that thousands, millions of animals are being slaughtered. But Allah Ta'ala says, what will reach me is the taqwa. Allah Ta'ala wants us to slaughter that animal. Therefore that has been made wajib upon us. But it's not the animal that reaches Allah Ta'ala. In the slaughtering of that animal also ikhlas. And in the slaughtering of this animal, one is the animal that will be slaughtered on the ground. That sheep, that goat, or that uh, ox that will be Downed and then it will be slaughtered. So, that is the slaughtering of the one animal which is wajib on a person who has the means that he slaughters a goat or a sheep or slaughters or takes a share in a cow. But together with that, there's another animal that also has to be slaughtered. That is the animal within us, the animal of the nafs. So, one is the animal that will be slaughtered for qurbani, but that is teaching us a lesson to slaughter the animal within us also. Don't let the nafs overcome us. And this is the lesson that qurbani is giving us, that Ibrahim salam put the knife first on the love that he had for his son, which was a permissible love. But the order of Allah ta'ala was now that you must slaughter the son first the knife went on that love, meaning on that desire to have that son living, which was a desire naturally in any human being, that my son should live, but this desire cannot be allowed to come in the way of the command of Allah Ta'ala. So immediately first he put the knife on that desire, that now I cannot have the son anymore. Allah Ta'ala has commanded, he must be slotted, that will be done. So in the same instant that the command came, the first thing before he put the knife on the throat of his son, which happened, a while later, because the command wasn't there that it should be happen in that very same second obviously he's going to go he's going to take his son, he's going to take him to the place of slaughter so all this requires time but in the same instant in the same moment that the command of Allah came, he slotted that desire now this is the lesson that we are to take from this ibadat of qurbani, that there is an animal within, the animal of the nafs which is a terrible animal if it's not brought under control. And this nafs is what incites to all the evil. It makes a person harbour malice, makes a person jealous, makes a person have pride that nafs and ego becomes very bloated. I I did this, I did that, I am somebody and nobody must tell me something. And who are you to tell me this and that? So this nafs and this nafs then all the time wants to be involved in the pleasures and leisures of the dunya. So The nafs drags a person into haram. Now when this nafs is wild, it's left without any control, then this nafs drags a person towards destruction. إِنَّ النَّفْسَ bis بِالسُّوءٍ That the very nature of this nafs, is that it incites towards evil. So if a person does not learn to slaughter this nafs, and sometimes this nafs, while the person is slaughtering the animal, this nafs is engaging the person in other things which are haram. So the qurbani is taking place, but the nafs hasn't been slaughtered. So now for example, the qurbani is taking place, and parda is being abandoned totally. Because qurbani is taking place, in a collective manner somewhere, might be some family home, it might be some farm, or whatever the place is, wherever the venue is, now numerous people have gathered. So now because it's qurbani, so everything can go. And doesn't matter, whatever. One place, somebody told me, a few years back, that there was a huge crowd there. One woman came, and she's insisting that that cow that is going to be slaughtered, which belonged to their family, several people, she had a share in there as well, and she has already confirmed with all her family members, she is going to slaughter that cow. Now, slaughtering that cow is one thing, but what is going to be the position here? Is parada going to be maintained in any way? Who is going to help to drop that cow? It is going to be all the ladies that are going to come and drop the cow. And uh, all, everybody else is going to be all blind at that time. And now she's insisting, come what may, this is the cow belonging to her family, and she has the prerogative and the right to slaughter it, now in a place where the whole ummat is there, and now this is, that the cow will get slaughtered, but the nafs has become bigger than big. So, this is far away from the teachings that Deen is giving us, and this is because we haven't learned to slaughter that nafs, so now that nafs drags a person into all the things, and the nafs is a very, very uh, shrewd thing that it keeps teaching a person a whole lot of excuses, a whole lot of reasonings. Don't worry, you. this, this is a reasoning for that, and this, therefore this is okay, and that is okay, and you can't become too orthodox, and can't become too fanatical. And all these kind of things the nafs will teach. So, as long as a person hasn't learned to subdue that nafs, to overcome that nafs then that nafs will drag a person into all the evils all the haram and the nafs will uh, make a person break off ties break off relations on flimsy things on trivial things somebody didn't uh, call me for their function something was happening so now but that's it Somebody didn't greet me, so end of it. Somebody didn't speak to me nicely, so I can't have anything to do with this person. Somebody didn't uh, lend me something I want to borrow, that's it. Or Whatever, the nafs becomes such an animal within us. One is that there are some genuine problems somewhere, it's becoming something that is really causing a kind of uh, difficulty to somebody injury. So that is something that needs to be addressed but on simple trivial things these are things that we have to learn to subdue that nafs. Otherwise this nafs will make us miserable. This nafs will make us do things and say things that will lead to our destruction will deprive us of the rewards of the hereafter and will make dunya also a misery for us. Just to understand that when the nafs has been slotted, then how easy life becomes and how pleasant things happen, how easily things go ahead. The very famous incident we might have discussed previously as well, Hazrat Salman Farsi, he asked Hazrat Abu, uh, Hazrat Abu Darda to go and take his proposal to a certain home. So he goes, he meets the father and puts forward the point that I have come with the proposal of my brother Salman and he gives all his good qualities and noble qualities, he explains his virtues. So, in any case, the family think about it and then they discuss it and then they come back to him. He's there in the house. He says that they say to him that uh, we are not. Inclined to get our daughter married to Salman But if you Wish we will get her married to you I imagine he brought The proposal for Hazrat Salman And here They are saying, now they made themselves clear They closed that chapter So he is not now doing anything impermissible If he considers this proposal Because they made themselves very clear That, that chapter is closed We are not inclined to That's Their choice, no matter how good the person is They felt he was not compatible for their daughter, whatever the case is. So they said, look, we are not inclined to get our daughter married to Salman, but if you are happy, we will get her married to you. So he considered it, and then he agreed, and there and there, they got whoever was available, in the house right there, the nikah was performed. This is how simple nikah is. So that nikah was performed. Now, Hazrat Salman comes, Hazrat Abu Dardar comes, back to Hazrat Salman he is waiting to know what happened now he comes and he is feeling shy now how does he explain this and he says that I am feeling embarrassed to tell you what has happened So he says what are you feeling embarrassed about what are you feeling shy about he says that this is what happened that I took your proposal and went but I ended up getting married this is what happened they said that they are not inclined to get their daughter married to you and they got her married to me now the marriage has already taken place I am married. Now, if somebody was there who had a nafs, if it was one of us, what would have been the reaction? This would have become a major problem for everybody involved. For Hazrat Abu Dardar for the family of the girl, for others and who knows till when. But Hazrat Uh, Salman was a person without that nafs it was subdued it was under control he replied and said why are you feeling embarrassed you don't have any need to feel embarrassed I am feeling embarrassed I am feeling embarrassed that that person who Allah had decreed for you why did my mind go in that direction she was decreed for you so that has happened so you have no need to feel any embarrassment now this was the response of that person who had subdued that nafs completely. So that nafsaniyat didn't come in between at all. Now this is the lesson, this is just one incident that just comes to, came to mind now, and we are discussing the lesson from it, but this is what Qurbani has come to teach us. That together with fulfilling the wajib of slaughtering an animal for the person who has the means is wajib, Together with that, to learn to slaughter that animal within ourselves. And to subdue that nafs, bring it under control, in our day-to-day life, with our parents, with our family. And we look into the lives of the Ahlullah, they had even punished this nafs, if it made them do something which should not have been done, or made them miss out something that should have been completed. Abdullah bin Umar radiAllahu ta'ala it is reported regarding him that if by chance, this might have happened maybe once in a very, very blue moon we call it. So, if by chance he missed performing his Isha Salah with Jama'ah, something happened and he missed performing his Isha Salah with Jama'ah. Now, let us think about, fine, for females, Salah with Jama'ah is not wajib, but there are other things like for example, performing Salah within the time, well within the time and preferably right at the beginning of time for a woman how often it happens that it gets so delayed that it comes into makru time, sometimes it is delayed past time, Allah forbid, or other things, one is salah, other aspects of deen, what should have been done is not done, what is not supposed to have been done is being done and then the person says, "Okay, my nafs just misled me here, this must have been a chance happening Once in a while Abdullah bin Umar radiyallahu If he ever missed his with jama'ah His isha with jama'ah Then to train the nafs And to put it back on track He would then spend the entire night in ibadat He wouldn't sleep the whole night That this nafs, you made me get late You delayed me, you made me sit around You made me waste time and my Isha Salah of Jamaah went away, obviously he wasn't sitting around and wasting time, I'm just expressing it, that though he wasn't guilty of something like that, he would have reprimanded himself on something that was some beyond his control. But the lesson is, that if he missed his Salah with Jamaah, his Isha Salah with Jamaah by any chance, then he would spend the entire night in ibadat. That this nafs must get straight. Another person Aun bin Abdullah, radiyallahu an, he once his mother called for him. She shouted to him, so he replied. But when he replied, perhaps sometimes it happens just by chance. Maybe some little irritation came in the voice or whatever, and he he replied in a way where his voice was raised above the voice of his mother. As soon as this happened, he realized, Lillah, what did I do? says, no, this can't, hap- this can't be allowed. He immediately, two slaves he freed. Now for us, we hear about it, freed the slave. Like, what's it in there? Freed the slave doesn't sound, because there's no more slaves, obviously. So, it doesn't sound like much to us. But for us to understand freeing the slaves, in those days, the value of that slave was like the value of a person owning, uh, maybe in our terms, we can say like having a car. Though it's a vastly different thing, but the same type of value. Like a person now got two cars, he gave both the cars away in sadaqa. My both cars are now gone in sadaqa. So he went and freed two slaves. That why did I do this? In this manner, they trained the nafs. Now we keep complaining that our nafs is inciting us towards evil. The nafs made me do this. The nafs made me get into the chat line. The nafs made me look at the internet, and the nafs did this and that and the other. So we complain of that. But after the nafs made us delay our salah, after the nafs made us get involved in some wrong, what did we do to put that nafs back in line? What did we do to bring that nafs under control? Now a person for example missed his fajar salah, a person male missed his fajar salah with jamaa, then that day don't eat any breakfast, don't eat anything till lunch, even if not fasting, don't eat anything. And if this happens repeatedly, do the same thing repeatedly. Also give 20 riyal in sadaqah, 50 riyal in sadaqah. Then see how that nafs starts getting straightened out. So, the issue is that we are being taught on this occasion of qurbani to slaughter that nafs, to put pressure on that nafs. Now that nafs instigated a person to look at something on the phone or get involved in the chatting. So take that phone and break it. Then see how that nafs comes straight. See, but it's a smartphone. So then the smart thing to do is to break the smartphone. Because that smartphone is getting one involved in haram. So that's the smart thing to do is not to have the smartphone. So, therefore, we need to take this lesson as well on the occasion of Qurbani that we don't allow the nafs to overpower us. We don't allow the nafs to drag us into haram. But we keep the nafs under check and we keep the nafs under control. In this way, we will find our world, our life in this world also become very pleasurable and happy because we will be in the obedience of Allah Taala. And when a person is in the obedience of Allah Taala, Allah Taala blesses that heart with happiness, and we will gain the pleasure of Allah Taala as well, and the great stake, the great position of the akhirat. May Allah guide us and bless us with all the barakat and the nawarat of these mubarak days, and give us the hidayat and the guidance to also slaughter this animal of the nafs within us. وآخر دعوانا عن الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهل ربنا حبلنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة عين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاخفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وأتنا ما وعدتنا على رسولك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر مستعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآل ه وصحابي المعين والحمد لله رب